What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and you guys are listening to episode 444. Uh, and today I have a guest who is very far away. Um, he's a friend. He's actually become a good friend and um, one of my favorite uh, comedians and guys in this business. Uh, he has an unbelievable, unbelievable um, Netflix special out right now. Uh, he's also a senior correspondent of The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. This guy came to the United States and started kicking ass. And uh, we recently just did the uh, eighth annual Patrice O'Neill uh, benefit together at the New York City Center on January 27th. And then the shit hit the fan. He's on the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the one and only Ronnie Chang. Ronnie, thank you for being on The Verzi Effect. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate no, it. No, no worries, man. So you're all the way right now doing this from uh, Australia. Now, let me get this straight. You are from, like, lived in Australia for a long time before New York, right? Yeah, I, I lived in Australia for, like, 10 years. Uh, and I went to college here. I went to law school here. That's why I came here. Uh, I met my wife here. I started doing stand-up comedy here. So, you know, it's I, – I don't know how to – I don't know what the equivalent would be for you. I guess it would be like, I don't know, going somewhere for college and then, you know, starting doing stand-up comedy in that city. So that's what it okay, feels like. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, you know, so you so, went somewhere and basically stayed and started your life there and that's basically, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was here for a long time and Australia was always really good to me in, uh, with with my comedy career and, um, uh, I, you know, it. Uh, I, when I when I'm here, it feels it, it feels like it feels like home. Yeah, well, um, yeah, very familiar. I remember with I, it. Yeah, I remember I met you at New York Comedy Club when you first came out. Yeah. Our mutual friend uh, Bill Burr, who uh, <laughs> Bill loves you and always was talking about how oh, funny you were. And then you came up to me, and we we kind of met that way. And then not yeah. too long after you got to New York, you got the the Daily Show gig, right? No, no, I I moved to New York for the show, so I got hired, and then I yeah. Oh, so you are oh, smart. So you were, you knew you came, you came with yeah. your shit together. You were prepared. Yeah. But you know what? I was going to move there anyway. And, uh, I, now I laugh. I look, I look back and laugh at how naive I was that I thought that I could just move to New York and possibly do comedy. It's so hot to do comedy <laughs> in New York, man. Like honestly, respect to anyone who does comedy in New York, but especially if you came up through the open mic scene in New York city. Oh my God. Like yeah. that, that is brutal. That open mic scene in New York is, you know, it, in some ways it's, it's good. Cause there's a lot of stage time you can get, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm lucky that I managed to kind of have a lat lateral transfer in, yeah. uh, in my comedy career, moving to New York. I mean, most people, comics who move to New York city don't, they got to start from the bottom again, you know, and uh, I would go to my first move to New York. I would go to open mics, one, one or two open mics and my friends had, um, would frequent and I would go and I'm like oh my god this is so brutal like I actually yeah. believe that if you do the New York open mic scene for too long it actually could make you a worse comic I not only <laughs> do I agree with that but I'm going to tell you I actually tell young comedians and and some people looked at me sideways I tell young comedians to not do them and here's why I think if you need stage time you obviously yeah. eventually you're going to have to yeah. but Going to a room with 14 comedians yeah. that are also new and they have notebooks and they're just sitting there looking at you and you're not getting real feedback. I always felt like 
Go to a room in Jersey, like the Stress Factory. Try to do a feature, like a, a guest spot if you have a friend. Right. And try the – I know it's hard sometimes to do that, but yeah. if you can get on a stage 200 people, 150 people, yeah. even if they're like, hey, we're only giving you five minutes, yeah. I always felt trying the jokes there was way oh. more – now, yeah, no and I know it's yeah. hard. You know, I know it's hard to do that, but you know, and sometimes these guys have no choice but to be up at yeah. 5.30 in the afternoon yeah. in a shitty yeah. place. But I agree <laughs> with you. Don't do it too much. Don't do it too yeah. much. Don't do it too much. And, and also, like, uh, yeah, you know, part of – I feel like sometimes comics are like they ignore the the politics of the industry. You know, I call it politics, but it's like, yeah, part of part of the job is knowing how to get into the better rooms. You know, it's hard. Like you said, it's hard to yeah. play at the stress factory, but knowing how to get in there is part of part of the process is part of the job, you know, like knowing yeah, how to a lot of, a be lot professional people, and deal with people and, and, and show up and take opportunities, you know, like it's, that's, that's a, such a smart way to look at it. And a lot of people don't look at it like that. A lot of people don't understand, like, let's take our friend, Bill Burr, for example, you know, <laughs> I've, I've opened for Bill for a long time. I know you've been around Bill. What people don't understand about Bill is as great as Bill is on stage, when you watch him deal with people and in the business, that's a big part of it. And, yeah. you know, I remember one time I said, Hey man, I'm really sorry, you know, to bother you, but you mentioned one time, and this is not just to Bill, even to other comics. Yeah. Hey man, you mentioned one time you thought I was funny and I appreciate it. You gave me nice kind words at a club. Listen, if you'd ever need an opener, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to, and, and I always feel bad. And then it's like, no, yeah. that's part of the job. That's sales. It's knocking yeah. doors, man. Because, you yeah. know what? If one of those guys go, hey, you know what? Yeah. My my feature dropped out. I'm going to go to the stress factory next week. I'll give you a shot. That's a life changer for a young comedian. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, yeah. So it's part of the skill. And I think, um, it you know, this isn't limited to America or New York City at all. Even in Australia, it's the same thing. People, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, in the community, you, you see a lot of complaints of like, um, why, why are there why are these people look like making the booking so hard and you know and, and it was like not like getting the booking is part of the skill <laughs> yes. and yeah it sucks man and you don't always get the booking and sometimes people have agendas you know yeah. it's not it's not it's not utopia out there but like getting the booking is part of what this is and and it's and i guess people feel like because we don't work in an office place there shouldn't be office politics but it's like, yeah. we, w this is a job just like anything else. And in any, any industry job, that's politics, you know, and, you, and like knowing how I, to navigate that. Exactly right. It's like, you yeah. have to somewhat deal with, you know, owners that are pain in the asses, bookers yeah. that are pain in the asses, comedians yeah. that could be nice to your face, but you know that they're trying to get ahead. And that's just, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you it's did like, something, totally. you did something I noticed that I really, I really admired and I thought I was like, this guy's a pro and it was, uh -oh. no, 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 <laughs> no. When we were at the city center for the Patrice thing, let's be honest. I mean, that was a, that was basically a Montreal gala of Montreal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. it was like, there was no, there was no break. I'm looking at the lineup right now and it says yeah. Bill Burr, Ronnie Chang, Judy Gold, Sam Morrell, Andrew Schultz, Cypher Sounds, Rich Boss, Paul Bursey, Roy Wood Jr., and not to mention just some guy named Louis C.K. showed up. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Heavy hitters. But, yeah. They, heavy hitters, and they weren't staying in the green room when the show started. Everybody went down by the stage. 
Yeah. And I noticed that, and you just had this, you were, you went on middle towards like middle towards later, I would say almost mm -hmm. three quarters of the show. And, um, you just had this thing where I noticed where you were just like smiling, nice to everybody, respectful. And then when you were like one or two people away, you locked in, but you just stayed very like, I was just like, this guy is a pro and I don't know how long have you been doing it total? Oh, damn. Thanks, man. Um, I, I, yeah, not, not that long. Uh, like I started in March, 2009. So right. I'm 10, 11 years. So you're, yeah. you're 10, 11 years. And you were walking around. I remember with the poise of like a 15, 20 year vet. And uh, it was, <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, this guy's a killer. And by the way, man, let's get into this for a second. Uh, what is it? Uh, Asian comedian destroys America. Is that the, oh, yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, I mean, uh, that is just, I mean, everything hit, everything was great. Your presence. I thought it was honestly, man. And I'm not just saying this because I've had people on here, uh, <laughs> where I won't mention some of this. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'll be like, Hey man, you're doing good. But no, man, you, uh, you really, it was really awesome, man. I thought no, it thanks, was man. Great. really funny, man. Yeah. Thanks so much. I, I mean, yeah, I think part of it is like what you said, man, I'm as starstruck as anybody. I'm, I'm at the thing, like what, how are we in New York city at this so it's such a that that patrice o'neill benefit is becoming such a like new york comedy institution you know it's oh, almost it's a like monumental it's almost, yeah it's almost like the all-star game you know they they call <laughs> it, i mean yeah. I, I it sounds dumb for me to say that because i was i got to perform there but uh you know i don't I, I i don't pat myself on the back too much about it but just watching it over the years yeah. Even when I wasn't involved, it's like, man, it, you know, it, it's a real kind of like comedy lovers thing. You know, it kind of like, it, it feels like it's for the comics, it's for the fans. It's not about the bloggers or the, or the, or the um, industry or anything like that, you know, and it feels really real. And, and, and yeah. I think New York is, sometimes it can lack those real events, you know, um, those authentic yeah. New York events. And this one felt like a real new, authentic New York night. Um, and I'm there, I'm, I'm as, I'm as starstruck as anybody, but my whole thing was, um, uh, whether, whether it was working with Bill Burr in Australia and, um, you know, I, I getting to open for Chappelle in, in Australia, it was always like, yeah, you, you gotta be professional. You know, you can't be the fanboy. You have to, right. <laughs> you have to, you know, like not, you can't be up there taking photos and, you know, disturbing these people. It's just not, it's not cool. Like, you know, just handle your business and, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then to be honest, I was I was funny because I was just like, "Fuck, man, I don't want to eat shit in front of all these, all my comedy heroes." So I, you you yeah. call me poise. I was actually in my own head just trying to figure out, okay, make sure I do this bit. I was just in my own head of the set, so well, no, it wasn't poise at all. It was. We all. But here's the thing: we all were like. The, the yeah, funny yeah. thing was Burr had to follow everything and he walked by and he goes, man, he goes, this is a lot to follow. And, <laughs> and, and, and like Louie was on killing gets a standing ovation. And then, Burr, you know, for Burr to even go yeah. for Bill to be like, so I think what it is is yes, we're all professional and we're all poised on the outside, but in our minds, we're like, Hey, this is a Patrice O'Neill benefit and I can't shit the bed right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to shit the bed in front of all these people. I admire everyone on the lineup. I admire, That's right. Know boss um, and everybody no um, that's it, it it really was a special night and the fact that it was a monday dude yeah yeah man 
Yeah. It's a Monday night. Theater sold out to the gills, packed to the gills. Sold out. Uh-huh. Any joke. Yeah. And what I love about the Patrice uh, O'Neill benefit, rest his soul. What I love about that is that those fans are just all about stand up. And yeah. any joke that was either off color, edgy, it was like they invited it more. And it was yeah. like, it felt like real comedy fans yeah, as opposed yeah. to. You know, we've all been to clubs where you say something and people pull back. But I want to I want to ask you a question because you're very international as far as where you've yeah. been. You've yeah. you've been all over the world doing this and and different you know continents and countries and everything. Um, in Australia, because I had fans come out to see me at the DC Improv and they were Australian, yeah. Yeah. and they and then I noticed this thing every time Australian audience members saw me, they would come up to me and they loved me and they would got to come to Australia. Is is the Australian comedy, I guess, community or, or you know, crowd out there? Yeah. Are what would you say the differences to America would be out there? Um, yeah, it's uh, the, the so just like America, there's different types of audiences here. Um, the one that gets the most attention is the comedy festival crowd, and so that 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 crowd, we we call it a comedy festival show you would call it like a one-man show. And that's the type of comedy show they're used to. So they do like festivals here. They do comedy festivals. Yeah, where you do like one hour a night, every night for like 30 days. That's the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. That's how I kind of came up was doing that festival. You do an Uh, hour a night, 30 days straight? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you st- the first year you, you, you'll do like a, a five-minute uh, set and then – your year two, you do like a 20 minute set, but then by year three, you're doing like, a, you're, you're supposed to do like an hour. That's like the normal trajectory in Australia. You do like an hour and then the next year you have to do like a new hour. Every year you got to do like, so that's, that's kind of the comedy tradition here. And so uh, that's why Australian comics, not all of them, obviously, but in gen- if you want to talk about generalities, like they're kind of longer storytellers, uh, they okay. can be a little bit. They can be a little bit more indulgent. They can also be super funny because you can tell a longer story. You know, um, yeah. So that's the style here. So the the American guys would come in, and because American comics, especially the, the New York guys, are so punchy. You know, just like bam, 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 bam. Yeah. So they kind of just blow everyone away. You know, because um, they're pros. They're super funny. The sense of humor is like that. It's, it's super punchy. Um, also, they're kind of performing. They might be performing as someone who is. You know, he's doing like a a twenty minute part of his one hour story, and it doesn't quite fit in a club, you know. So like, so yeah. I mean, if you come out, first of all, I mean, you would definitely. I was gonna say this before the podcast even started was that you definitely gotta come to Australia, man. They will love you here. No, I wanna. It's I love the people. I'm not just saying this. I love the people there. The people, yeah. the people there are, are really nice. But it's funny what you said. It's funny you said that because when I toured with Burr in Europe and when I was in Germany, yeah. they would watch a bit like they were watching a scene of a movie, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 and yeah. then when it was done, then you would clap, but you don't know if you're, <laughs> but you don't know if you're bombing. Because yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is about a, a three minute piece. These people fucking hate me. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. all of a sudden they start clapping, and I'm like, oh, it's just, it's just different. And we went it's, to. We went to Latvia where comedy was only eight years old, stand up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah. like we went to some places that not even a decade. So they were coming out like they were going to a Broadway show. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. overdressed. They were watching yeah. you kind of. Like, <laughs> and I'm going like, 
Now, let me ask you this. What's the difference in bombing out there? <laughs> oh, in Australia? Dude, I mean, Australia is a, you know, it's a pretty mature comedy market. I would say like they know, they get it. You know, they get what's up. They get stand-up comedy. They get how you're supposed to behave. They also know how to disrupt the show. You know, these guys, like Australia's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it can be like America. You know, they, you can, you get a drunk crowd that's, they have some unhappy thing going on in their life. They take out on you or whatever, you know, it's, a, it's, it's pretty similar. I mean, um, uh, it, I guess it's kind of similar to the UK crowd like that. You know, it, there's, there's like these two stratospheres of Australian comedy. And one is like that highbrow festival show comedy as a high art form and we're doing one man shows and and these one man shows can be great you know spectacular super funny meaningful and narrative and then you have the other crowd which is like yo we just want we're, we're in the we're in the pub we just want to drink and hear some dick jokes and then you know <laughs> yeah you know don't tell us about your freaking depression like fucking just just hit us you know roast us you know that kind of like yeah. So just like in America, you know, they, they got both sides. I mean, I will say that Australia also they love, especially if you're if you're not white, man, you know they they love it they love it they love it when you come as long as they know you're leaving. You know, so really? they got a little bit. Yeah, they got a little bit in them. Yeah, they got really? a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. That's Australia. Australia, yeah. You know, they they got a little bit of it. They yeah. got a little. <laughs> Yeah, and you won't. You they'll they'll never they'll never they might not admit it. Oh, I mean maybe they'll admit it, but you know it's it's there, man. I love it's undeniable. I love how you don't say it. You just go. They got yeah. a little bit of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they got a little bit of it. It, it did. It's. I mean, I was here for ten years. It's undeniable. They have a little bit of that. You know that like stay. You know stay stay in your lane. Don't if if you're not you white. Know, don't. Yeah. I wanted to ask you a question about this. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, because I heard some things today about how, you know, uh, the Asian community, Asian Americans are getting, you know, obviously dirty looks during this, um, yeah. during this pandemic. Have you experienced anything like that or no? Uh, I've been very lucky that I literally, I was in Australia when the pandemic hit. I, I, I didn't flee New York. I, because right. uh, I, I was trying to earn my New Yorker badge. I feel like if you live through this now, you're just like... <laughs> Right now, you're just you're a New Yorker, like no yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. If you stay through it, you're a New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to earn my scouts badge, uh, but I, I I actually came here for work, and I I was here right when everything started hitting. You know, when when uh, when things started going crazy. So I've been here since, basically self isolating, uh, with my wife, and so I haven't had a chance to kind of be in society and have someone spit on me yet. So I, I don't know how bad I, I personally haven't seen anything, but that's only because I've been in Australia since this thing kind of started. And, you know, New York before uh, New York, it's, 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 it's tough, man. It's, it's like a city. This, this isn't my joke. I can't remember who did this. Michael Costa told me about this joke and it's not his joke either, but I, well, I'm yeah. trying to trace the source of it, but he just said like, if you're going to be racist in New York, you're going to be exhausted. Yes. It's like every every street corner. It's oh, like, I think I heard that. I'm trying to think who said it, but yeah, it's like New York is such a melting pot. You can't be. Yeah, like how can you? And, and you know, it, it, it's, it's sometimes you meet a, a a crazy person on the street, you know, and is that racism or is that just craziness? You know, it, even if he's saying racist stuff, it's like, well, he's a homeless crazy person on the street. Like, is that right? 
Yeah. It is technically racism, but it's one of those ones where you're like, ah, you gotta let this one slide because he's, he's not like, you know, he's clearly got his own issues. He's not in a position of power. He's, you know, right. so. It, yeah, it's a mental yeah. issue. Yeah. Right, right. So there's that too is what I'm trying to say, you know. But um, yeah, I've been following the news and talking to my friends back in New York and everyone has told me they've had, every every Asian friend I know has had, had at least one you know, like incident really in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And it could be minor, you know, it could be just, sure. it, it could be just like a, a, a dirty look. It could be a, yeah. like, get the fuck out, you know, go, go back to China, just like a verbal thing, you know, yeah. not, not, not a big altercation. Uh, but everyone told me that they, they have at least one. So, you know, some, I, I think something's happening and I'm kind of, uh, you know, apprehensive of going back to New York and having to see it for myself because I don't want to well, live like I, that, man. It sucks. It fucking sucks. It yeah, sucks no, it, to be it, like it does. It does suck. But here's one thing that I did say on a podcast. I just go and somebody goes, whoa, whoa, Verzi, Verzi, we're live. Don't right. say that. And I go, right. listen, I'm not going to say anything racist against Asians or anybody, but I was like, they do eat some shit in that. Like I saw like, and, and, and I'm, like, um, I didn't know, like, snake. I didn't realize that, right. like, snake was a right. thing. Eating sure. snake. Yeah. Is, is sure. that, that's, yeah, that's a thing. I mean, I, yeah, okay. In, I, I, in, I mean, I will say in Hong Kong, yeah, they, they eat, like, snake porridge, yeah. But here's the, here's the thing about this eating a whatever thing. It, it's that, it's like, that, it's not part of most Chinese culture. Like, if you take right. Chinese people as a monolith, which... You shouldn't right. in the first place, but all Chinese people, like the percentage of people who are eating, you know, anything other than the traditional animals that are allowed, <laughs> right. uh, the five, the five animals, which, which we are like, okay, it's okay to fucking, you know, kill and eat these things. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, it, honestly, it'll be like, it'll be like less than 1%, you know, like it's, yes. it's not part of Chinese culture to. Like, I've never seen it. My parents have never seen it. No one I know has. I've never even seen where you would buy some of this stuff. You know what I mean? So yes. that's why it's kind of shitty because it's like, it's like you're kind of, you know, yes. Like, I'm, I'm assuming less, less than 1%. I don't like, it, I, it could be even less than 1%, you know. So, you're discriminating. What you're doing is you're discriminating against a race of people because yeah. a tiny, tiny portion eat this yeah. Eat these, yeah. have these delicacies or whatever it is. Yeah, and it's like a yeah, micro. It, it, it does micro, suck. It, yeah, yeah, it's like a micro minority because I didn't yeah. grow with that. I, I, I'm not even from America, you know. Like I'm from Asia, and even we are like, what the fuck is this shit? So <laughs> we, yeah, like we get pissed off by it as well. So that and that's yeah. why it sucks. It's like, yo, well, well, we're with you, man. Like this is fucking bullshit. And then even worse is the Asian Americans because Asian Americans, especially the second generation, third generation. For them, they're like, what the fuck, man? Like, we yeah. have completely nothing to do with that, you know? So, it- <laughs> you know what? It reminded, me, it reminded me of a joke. Uh, oh, my God. Who did it? I, I don't want to. Oh, man. It might, be, it might be Tony Rock, but it might be Tony Rock, who's hilarious, by the way. But one, I love how we're was- so conscious of, like, making sure we get the sources right. Cause- yeah, yeah, I know. It's hilarious. Yeah, 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 I don't want to fuck yeah, this up. But yeah. one black, it was a black comic, and he was looking at a crime on tv and he's just going please don't be black please don't be black you know and then when it's somebody yeah. else he's like yes but you're yeah. right you're, you're yeah. right because i'm sure that a lot of a lot of asian people look at this and you're going damn it man like that's not yeah. all that's that's it sucks 
Yeah, it sucks because it's not all of us. Yeah. And, and so uh, I think that's one thing to, uh, you know, I hope people understand is like, man, it's really like, it's not part of, it, you know, Asian culture. There's so many different types of Asians, first of all. Like, the, I don't think people in America realize how many types of Asians there are. Like there's Thai, Laotian, um, Burmese, um, Indonesian, Filipino. Then you have like Chinese Filipino, Chinese Indonesian. You know, I'm from Malaysia. We've got Malay people, Chinese people. We've got people from Hong Kong, people from Taiwan, Japan, Korea. Like, there's different types of Asian people, completely yeah. different. So that's one. And then two, even if you just say Chinese people, like, it's not part of Chinese culture to, you know, do that bullshit. It's just like a yeah. micro minority of, of, of assholes somewhere doing this thing, you know, and we all get, kind of get painted with it. And it's, you know, as a, as a Chinese person, it's like, it's hard to, because you don't want to, like, you don't want to like uh, turn your back on on other Chinese people and be like, "Fuck, man, fuck them up, don't fuck us up." But so you right. have to uh, have some solidarity. But honestly, it's not part of Chinese. It's not part of Chinese culture to do it. It's that's it's, funny. You don't want to be like, "No, it's them." Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't want to play that game. Like even during nine eleven, like you know the the sinks, the guys who wear the turban, they people thought they were you know ignorant people are like you're brown, you're you're Muslim because you're yeah. not. You know, you're not obviously you're not Christian, so you must be Muslim. And yeah. they instead in they that community instead of going, guys, we're not Muslims. Those guys are Muslims. Go beat them up. They were like, nah, man, you shouldn't be. It doesn't matter if you're a Muslim or not. Yeah, no. so get some yeah. solidarity with it. And um, I don't know. It just sucks. And then the other aspect of it is like, if you really think that Asian people have this virus, you wouldn't come and you wouldn't come to talk to me on the street. You wouldn't. You you get the fuck away from me. You know right. what I mean? So right. if like, what are you going to do? Come up and like, like beat the virus out of me. Or like, if you right. really think I had a virus, you'd stay the fuck away from me. So, right. you, so you coming up to me is obviously not about a virus, it's about something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's no, about some it's, other it's, shit. It's, it's about some other shit for sure. Yeah, it's, it's some other shit, man. Um, so I wanted to ask you, what's it like in Australia compared to the States as far as like the lockdown? So I, I'm sure you heard like here, yeah. Here, we basically, we can go out. You got to have a mask. You could go, yeah. obviously, pick up essentials. Yeah. There are certain stores that you can go, either like a home improvement store, food, beverage store. Yeah. Um, and you're not really frowned upon if you do that, if you have a mask. Is it the same out there? Or like, can you go, can you and your wife go for walks and stuff? Yeah. Um, so, the, you're born and raised New Yorker, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so here in, in Australia, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty chill. They, they kind of um, handled it pretty well. They, the shops are closed. Everything's in uh, lockdown, but you can still, you know, go grocery shopping. Um, uh-huh. I, would, I would say 40% of the restaurants are open for takeaway. You, you, okay. no, rest, no restaurants are open for eating to in. To sit in, no. Yeah. But, but here's a main difference in, in philosophy between America and, and Australia is that Australia is actually very socialist. It's actually a very socialist country. Like, tr- okay. historically, they've had free healthcare and free education forever. Um, and so they have this, and, and, and obviously social welfare as well, um, you know, um, if you're not working and, and, and need help. So they have right. this philosophy of like taking care of people you know like if if the like government will and should take care of people in in america it's like man it's like the wild west man like there's no safety net 
you know, you either, you can make it big or you can fall through the cracks, you know, and there's no, right. yeah, there is no, like the, I like hear that it, you, you, I could get, I got, um, I got tested. I walked 10 minutes. I got tested as like when I got here, like, Oh wow. I got you just the, walked right up. Yeah. I walked right up and uh, granted it was because, um, I met the criteria cause I was coughing a lot and I just came from overseas. So it wasn't like they, they, they're not just going to test everyone, but if you have symptoms and if you just came from another country, they're going to test you. But yeah, I just walked 10 minutes. They tested me. They emailed me the results in three days. Was it know, like a like, big line? Big line? To no, do it? not at all. Not at all. In fact, it was empty because they were telling everyone to like, if you're sick, don't fucking come in, stay at the door. And then we'll, you know, so it like, yeah. it was, it was easy, man. Um, and yeah. I think that's the main difference between uh, the, the way they run the countries in Australia and, and in America, you know, like, and I think Americans dealt like, I feel like you guys don't even like care about, you don't even find it weird that healthcare is insane and doesn't make any sense and costs a lot of money. It's yeah, not strange you know, to you. You're like, yeah. It, yeah. I think because I think because our whole lives, yeah, I think yeah. it's been like, so the way your grandparents and it's almost like this pride thing that they like, well, we worked and we got benefits and we did this. Right. It's, it's a weird, yeah, it's like, right. it's just kind of been the way that it is. Right. So then your parents are like, oh, you get a job that has medical benefits. Right, you know? right, right. And so it's always, yeah, it's, it, it's funny. It's like, it, it's funny that you say that because when you grow up in a country like Australia or Canada, yeah. when it's universal, you don't even yeah. think about it. Yeah. And then, and then now, and you know what? It's funny. Well, Singapore, are, I mean, Singapore, before I lived in Australia, I lived in Singapore. Same thing, you know? Same thing. Yeah. yeah. So we just have this thing of like, and, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird. It's like, you're right. It's like, why don't we even think like, I would love to just be able to, if, as long as everybody gets good healthcare, why not? Yeah. And so weird that healthcare and even the way we respond to this virus in America is so highly politicized, yeah. you know, it's not like, like in Singapore and in Australia, as far as I can tell, I could be wrong, but you know, in Singapore, it's very much like we're going to go with science-based, just science-based decisions. You know, the doctors, yeah. the experts say we need to wait this long, you know, and then the economists say that this is how we can kickstart afterwards. Like everyone's kind of working together, but in America, it's almost like if you're right wing fucking, let's bring the virus on. Let's just get it. If you're left wing, it's like, okay, we're going to stay, you know, like, yeah. how is this a political issue? It's so, it's so crazy. It, it, it's so crazy. That's something that people yeah. are going like, yeah. And you know, these women are like, it's my body. I'm not wearing a mask. And it's yeah, like, yeah. that's not even, that's yeah. not even, so you're, you're trying to be the, you're trying to go doing the abortion thing, the opposite. And, and you're like, but, but you can kill somebody who's 75 years or yeah, older yeah. with a, with a, immune deficiency or somebody yeah, yeah. that has some underlining thing. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, listen, I think people in New York, cause I, I know people upstate and I know people yeah. in the country further away, yeah. kind of downplaying this. And I even got into it with a couple of family members where I'm going guys in a densely populated area, like New York city. Like I have friends on fucking ventilators. Yeah. I have, I have friends who are in ICU. Yeah. They're stacking bodies do. in Queens, you know? Yeah. And so, Yes, it is real, but these places where it's not happening or they have 40 cases, they're looking at it like, and I was telling people, everybody keeps saying that this is the flu, it's the flu. Here's the thing. The flu has never flooded hospitals at this rate. 
because this is a virus that you can have for five days to 10, 15 days without knowing it. And, and during that whole time you spread it. But when you get into it with people like that, it's like, you're not going to, you know, it's the same thing as when you talk to somebody who's really overly, you know, either racist or, or bigot or somebody that, you, you know, is one way right wing or even far left wing. You can't, you're not yeah. going to win. Yeah. Um, but yeah. my wife and I, and, and this yeah. is what happened where I realized that, you know what, man, nobody is, is just, nobody is immune to debt like this shit. And, and here's how I know you're not going to live forever. Me and my wife believe, I told you, me and my wife, we're pretty much told by the doctor that we had it, but we were not able to test because when we lost our senses. So I had, I had some symptoms. I'll give you the short of it because I've talked about it before on podcast, mm -hmm. but I'll give you the short of it. Yeah. I was achy, chills, not feeling good, laying in bed. Then two days later, I'd come out of it, feel great, but then I would lose energy again. And it was just a weird thing going on. Mm -hmm. Day six, I completely lose with, with zero congestion. My nose, I was breathing fine. I had no congestion in my head. I completely lost my sense of smell and taste. Um, to the point where I would smell, Ronnie, I freaked out. I was spraying Febreze in my face and shit. I was, I was um, whiskey. Nothing. Wait, did you did you know that did you know that it was a symptom of the virus? I, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. You just thought you you just thought you couldn't smell anymore. So okay. so yeah, and what actually Rudy Gobert, the center of the Utah Jazz, put a tweet out, and he yeah. goes, guys, he goes, um, give you guys an update, blah blah blah. He's saying everything. He goes, but I have not been able to smell or taste for about um, four days. Is anybody experiencing this? So all of a sudden, I I was like, oh my god, like things were right, tasting right. weird. So I completely lose my smell and taste. Five days later, my wife completely loses her smell and taste. Right. Talked to the doctor and he said, consistent with my symptoms. And then my wife, who both of us have never had that happen before, no. that, and from what he's seeing, usually people 40 years and younger are usually that get that are getting a very mild strand of it, but are coming up positive for COVID-19. Right. We know people that lost sense of smell with very, very mild to no symptoms that tested positive for COVID-19. So our doctor says, yeah, it looks like you and your wife have it. Just isolate. There's no reason to test because you're, you're breathing fine. Um, you're not coughing or uh, there, there was a very low grade fever, 99. So long story short, we pretty much feel like we had it. What we want to do is take the blood test to find out if we have antibodies. But it just let me know that if me and my wife who live in the country an hour away, I mean, this was 30 days ago, so we're fine, but let you know that like, yeah, I went out on my wife's birthday on March 14th was the last time we were out. And uh, there was a, it was, we were at a Mexican restaurant, pretty busy. I'm pretty sure I got it there. And oh, it's damn. like, and not even in the city. So right. it, this can happen. And I, I, I don't look at it like, oh, the government's doing this. or the gov I'm just looking yeah. at it like, let's let this fucking thing pass so I can get on stage and tell dick jokes again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I mean... I'm I'm hoping that most of most people can see this as like a as like a natural disaster that happened to people and not like because of a certain race of people man because it's like the idea that anyone wanted this to happen is ridiculous you know like we, we I, who wanted this to happen it's no yeah and it's no like and even let's just say this though. Let's just say I don't look at it like, yeah, I don't look. I just look at it like this. I don't care what country it came from, or I don't care if somebody ate something gross. Okay, whatever, whatever. However, this shit happened. I just want to make sure that 
it's not politicized and we're doing everything that we can to just do it the quickest and smartest way without arguing with loved ones of what they think. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll, I'll take it this far. I'll take it this far. Let's say there was a conspiracy or let's say something, let's say somewhere something did happen. If that was the case, you know what I would say, Ronnie? I'd go, mm -hmm. okay, whatever that was, let's just, let's just get back to, let's fix it. You right. know, I don't, I don't look at it like, oh, this and that. I don't look at it like I just want it to be done and I want to be able to go and, uh, you know, make money. I want to, yeah. you know, I, I had an hour ready to go. <laughs> yeah, dude, I had tour. I was, my tour was ready to go. It was selling well. I would, man, I had to move dates. This fucking sucks, man. It no, sucks you're, you're, yeah, yeah, you were, you did the special, which killed and you were out there yeah. traveling and um, my hour was in the, in yeah. ready to go and we were trying to sell it and all yeah. kinds of shit. And now I'm waiting to, you know, you got to wait for everything. So getting off the, the coronavirus thing, what are you, yeah. what have you been doing? Like, you're you're doing your... I appreciate you trying to move on from this thing. It's just, yeah. damn. I mean, I, 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 that's something I wanted to ask you as well is like, do you think like, can we go, what, do you, are you, are you concerned that we can't just go back on stage and do the same you know, hour. Like, does it hold after all this happening? I don't you know, know if it's I can funny go you say that. I was thinking about certain jokes that I had and I'm going yeah. like, for the most part, like there's a couple of things that I'm just like, oh man, like, yeah, life needs to happen again. Yeah. Where yeah. everybody's doing some of the same things because I'm yeah. going to be like, I can't yeah. talk about going like a gym. Yeah, I know. You a know, gym. or certain things. Yeah. Yeah. Or even even the philosophically like complaining about anything, you know what I mean? Like imagine after the like when this is over and we finally get back on stage again, and you like complaining about him. Hey, you know, I was on Twitter and this, this this guy said this, and everyone's like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Well, we're free. How can and how can you be complaining about anything anymore? You know, like everything just seems like unimportant. Any issue you had, any fight you had with your relatives, like everything's like put that shit behind you. Well, you and know? and and on you know moving on with that point, what I would yeah. say you know, agreeing with that is, I think the political correctness and the oversensitive thing is going to go out the window too. I, oh, you do? Oh, I this is you that, calling it? You should do this, this as a this section of calling it. This yeah. is me calling I think that we're going to have more comedy shows the way that Patrice O'Neill benefit crowd was, as opposed to you got to worry and walk on eggshells <laughs> if you're talking about this or you're talking about right, that. Right. I think so. I think that like, you make a good point and I agree with it. We were talking about it the other day. If you're going to come out of this like an asshole, yeah. like, like if you come out of this and you still have that angst and you're still a, <laughs> you know, just a pretentious, pessimistic dick, then you just are never going to be a happy human being anyway. That's how I look <laughs> at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. Th this should wake you up to go, you know what, man? Like yeah. I'm actually able to walk in a park right now and smell flowers and, <laughs> you know, throw a Frisbee at a dog and shit. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like little things, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just just being able to go outside and yeah i mean one thing i had to give a talk to college students recently yeah. as in just two days ago i i was doing like a a speech for class day and um i was just trying to think of something to tell them and i was just like well i guess now no one can ever call you guys soft ever again like you you guys graduated in and had to go look for jobs in the worst like recession yeah. in the history of humanity and, and hopefully this thing makes everyone kind of appreciate everything you know like appreciate yeah. um man like you said just walking in central park or like 
Yeah. And being able to go to get a taco or whatever. <laughs> New York was awesome, man. New York was so good. You know, I, I, I took, I, me and my wife would, we go cycling. We go to like a nice, a nice, like a, a brunch place, get a coffee. We go, then we cycle now, please. Dude, it was like fucking, it was living the dream. And the whole time, you know what? The whole time, maybe I should have done this for the call it. The whole time I was in New York City, I was like, damn, I'm, I'm, I get to work on a daily show. I get to perform with my comedy heroes at, at, at all these comedy clubs in New York. And I get to like walk around the city and experience, experience every part of this awesome city. Surely this can't last, right? Like this has to come <laughs> crashing down at some point. This it's is way all- too good. It's way, and then it fucking came crashing down. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, you, yeah. Poor Ronnie with the special. I hear you, man. Like I, like I said, I was we were shopping my hour. Um, yeah, yeah. Here's the crazy thing, though, man. Like, I, I, I realized too, like the appreciation I have. I posted something on Facebook and um, Instagram today of me in the round at MSG opening for Burr, and it yeah, was. 18- I was there at that show, by the way. I watched it. You oh, killed it. Oh, yeah, I you killed it. Best, it was one of the best nights of my life, and. Yeah. And I'm just looking at the picture and I'm looking at the iconic ceiling and I'm going like, we did some really cool shit. Yeah. Right. And I looked at it like this, if God forbid, let's just say like it all ended <laughs> and like, we just all had to live in our houses for the rest of, you know, and just get food delivery and do zooms to make money. Like I was like, we did some really, really cool shit. But when this is over, it's going to make me, you know what I miss? I go to this deli by my house yeah. and it's always empty because I'm on comedian hours. So my breakfast is 1030. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I get the paper and I get my iced tea or coffee and I read the sports section and yeah. I'm just eating my eggs and I'm alone. And it's just the simplest, greatest Dude. thing. And, and I miss that Fuck. shit so I miss much. It so much. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, you know, but I will tell you this, having a wife and two kids and being able to be with them all the time, it's mm. actually not as some people are like, oh, are you guys going crazy? I got to be honest. So many nights I left. So many nights I get in the car, I go to the city. So many, you know, days I'm like, daddy's going to the airport. Yeah. I'm going to Milwaukee from Thursday yeah. to Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Now, every day I can be with my son or daughter. And I don't think that this will happen again in our lifetime. So I do appreciate that. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Def- def- definitely not, not just having to stay home, but it was a break in work. Everything that work-wise stopped, right? Right when, yes. I mean, now, now it's kind of starting back up a little bit or, or people are adapting and trying to find jobs when they can, but Remember when this first hit, it was like everything you had planned in your schedule stopped because no yeah. one knew how to do that stuff anymore. So it wasn't just staying at home. It was staying at home with an empty schedule. That's and it. And it, it was crazy, right? We didn't know how to, what to do with ourselves. We're so used to go, yeah. go, go. Like, you know, we'll, 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 I, I don't know about all, I feel like all comedians, especially when you're at the professional level in New York, it's just go, go, go. It's go, go, go yeah. every, all day and night, you know? Daytime you're working. I mean, yeah, you wake up late, but... You, you're working, you're working on whatever deal, you're writing material, whatever. At night, you're running around the city doing gigs. You come back. So it's always go, go, go. And suddenly it was like, stop. Yeah. Right? And how, yeah. like, and, and it's one of those things which we keep telling ourselves we got to do. And it's very hard to actually have the opportunity to do it. You know, so it was, yeah, it I agree okay. with you. I agree with you. It was a cool moment. It was like a nice writing retreat. You know, I'm here with my wife. We went for walks man you know yeah i gotta tell this story because we we have a few minutes left but this is such a great story and i want them to uh and by the way this is so great man Uh, thank you for doing this no no Um, i wish we could be you know talking in person uh we will man we're gonna be we're gonna have a cigar and a a scotch soon but um 
I want to tell the listeners, this is what kind of nice guy Ronnie, Ronnie is. I went to go to Marcus Russell photo studio <laughs> and I get there and my manager's there and uh, they're going to do an interview, whatever, uh, for about Marcus Russell, who, who's great, a great photographer. Yeah. And Ronnie is sitting on, this is a true story. Ronnie, his wife is over to the side and he's sitting on the ground with no shoes on and he's got his feet up in the air and he's doing all this shit. And I'm going like, I walked in and I go, what's going on? And he goes, um, you know, I'm trying to, you know, we're selling these socks. We're doing, we're taking a picture of these socks. And at first I thought he was, I thought you were fucking with me. And I was like, I just, and I was like socks. And then I realized you have this, these amazing socks. And the whole time you were going, I'm sorry, man, we're just going to do like, I'll get out of here. And, and I'm going, no, 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 that's fine. Keep, keep doing your pictures. And Marcus is taking pictures and Ronnie just kept looking over going, I'm so sorry. Like, we're going to get out of here. I don't want to get into your time. And you were doing something that you obviously needed to do was productive for you. And you were nice enough to be like, let me get out of here. And I was like, that's oh. the type of guy that you are, man. And like people, oh, yeah. no, you're a I good thought... dude. Listen, man, a lot of guys would have just been like, you know, posing their feet for another hour. <laughs> And you were like, no, man, I, I, I appreciate No, no, it was your, are you kidding me? I mean, that was your, that was your time. It was your booking. I was, I was piggybacking on your, your studio no, booking. Oh, it's all good. That's hilarious yeah, yeah. though. I love no, it. I appreciate love it, man. It. How yeah, dude, I know. Been, by the way? Uh, yeah, that, uh, I actually get some orders now and then I had to email them and say, hey, listen, there's no way I can fulfill these orders. I just refunded their money. And people actually got pissed off. Like, yo, don't refund my money. Just keep the money and then send it to me when you're able to. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't know when I'm able to send it. So I just figure people need their money right now. I just refunded it. So sock sales, not so good right now. <laughs> do you, now, are you going to do, are you going to do stand up in Malaysia? Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've done it. Yeah, I've done, I, I usually tour Malaysia every two years. I'll go do a show there. I just did a show there last November. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you got, yeah. So you had a whole thing lined up, international tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, for this tour, uh, I mean, yeah, my, my thing is that I, I try to focus on America right now because I moved there. But, be, you know, I, I tour, uh, my usual tour is Singapore, Malaysia and all of Australia. Every, every two years, I'll just do that tour. And that's my, that was my fan base before I moved to America. So I'll oh, just okay, go and do so that. you go yeah, back yeah. and do that. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, do you know, I was, I was listening to you before I even met you. I was listening to you on the Bill Burr podcast. You were, you were, oh, wow. you were killing it, yeah. It, it, it was either it was either the Verse effect or, or or I mean I definitely must have heard you on the Bill Burr podcast and then I followed you onto the Verse oh, effect. And you okay. were, there was just one time you were doing this really funny story about like if you went back in time you would bring oh, Uzis yes. and then Bill was like you're gonna run out of bullets and then the moment you the second you fall asleep they're gonna take it from you and shoot. Oh, do you know that everybody talks about that podcast still because it said if you could go back in time the question was if you could go back in time. Um, before the 1900s, like, where would you go and what would you do? And I said, I would go to some conflict with like an Uzi or a gun and I would just fuck kill everybody quickly. And Bill goes, they would kill you. They would think you were a witch. And the line that everybody loved was when he goes, look what they did to Jesus. And I go, Jesus didn't have a gun. <laughs> and people, no, it's, it's funny cute. that you remember that because people yeah. to this day always talk about the time machine episode. But yeah, um, it was killer. <laughs> oh, dude, this is and this is and then and then the last time me, you, and Bill hung out, we were at yeah. the um, we were at the the what is it called? The place that's like a library where you smoke cigars. So uh, Hudson Bar and Books. Hudson Bar and Books. We were drinking oh. whiskey, smoking cigars on a that that night that was raining, 
Yeah. And uh, oh, that was the best, man. Yeah, it was the best, man. Those <laughs> are you making me? Oh man, I really miss that. Um, and uh, it was cool because you guys asked me out because I I casually mentioned to you guys once that my favorite spot was Hudson buying books. Yes. And then you guys always go to Soho Sagaba. And yes. That, it was closed that day for renovation, and then you you guys asked me where the other place was, and then. We all linked up, so it was nice. And then, and then after we left, we left and we split up. I went to go get my car at a parking garage and didn't realize that I parked at a place that wasn't 24 hours. So I was locked out in a snow in a in a rainstorm. And luckily, oh, um, Burr was staying in Midtown, and I ended up calling him and staying with him. I didn't get my car till the <laughs> oh, next day. I didn't day. know that happened. And you yeah. you you stay like what like 45 minute drive away? I'm I'm about like like 50 to an hour up north of the city up in uh up in wet northern westchester right right so but, you know but uh it's nice crazy. because we have a lot of land up here uh it's you know no, the you show me photos you got fire yeah. pit it's crazy yeah now you, have your own, yeah now you have your own studio Man. yeah so that's that's one thing that i i did and you know what andrew schultz said something on his podcast and he was really right he goes there's no excuses and i really believe this statement there's no excuses during this time to not do the things that you wanted to do. And he was talking about that. And he's right. It's like, if there was a screenplay you wanted to write, you write the screenplay. If, if there was something that you wanted to achieve that was away from the stage, and now you have that opportunity. So like me and my wife, the two things with the house, the house is in great shape, but the two things was the garage and a shed. It, needed, it was just too much storage. We needed to clear it out. Guess what? Done. You know, then I had this room and I was like, I really wish I had an office or a studio. This room needed so much work. I dedicated three weeks to it and boom, I'm sitting (laughs) here with with you doing it. And it's like, and now I'm going to continue to, so when this is over, because you know, there's a bunch of lazy assholes just watching fucking Netflix all night and Hulu and they're getting fat. You know, what's going to be funny is how many people are fat when this is over. Like, and I, and I don't mean like normal people. I mean, our friends. Yeah, like, yeah. like we're going to yeah. show up to the comedy cellar or the stand and we're going to see somebody that we know and love 60 yeah. pounds over <laughs> just zero discipline <laughs> yeah <laughs> zero dude that's i mean i've been going the opposite way man i've never like i have a daily workout routine now you know i get it done every day so where are you guys stay, where are you guys staying now this is not this is your this is not where your house is yeah we're not seeing a house we're staying in a hotel in sydney yeah, so oh, okay. I was here. You have access to a gym and stuff there? No, no, I'm just working out in the, like you said, no excuses, man. Just whatever, you know, get down. Dude, just doing it in the hotel room. Yeah, yeah. Just oh, that's body nice. Weight. Yeah, yeah, just do it anyway. In fact, it's something which I think I'll, I'll try to keep doing uh, after this thing, you know, this pandemic. It's a nice, like, very simple body weight workout, which I'm not that guy, by the way. I'm not like a workout guy. So, I, you know, I got put on this workout. I was looking for some, I, I was actually Googling, uh, uh, prison workouts just because I, I how you do a workout like in a prison cell and then i found this one that was like actually, i'm like hey i could actually do this it's simple enough it's just jumping jacks and and you know essentially sit-ups and whatever you just got and do you, you know, see do you see improvement with that yeah yeah man you can i like can tell getting stronger for sure yeah so awesome. just yeah just one percent every day man just one percent just one percent better every day how is um how is the situation with the wife now? Because here's the thing I'm learning. They say good marriages, (laughs) they say good marriages are actually like good in these times. And you know what? My wife and I fought, fought and were at each other's throats so much more before this. Oh, wow. And now it's like, 
walk by, hug. You want me to do the dinner? I'll do the dinner. You could take care. I'll help the kid. No, I'll get it. And it's just like this nice thing. And I think because of the, like you were saying before, the hustle and bustle of like, okay, she comes home. Now I got to shoot to the city to do spots. Then she takes care of the kids after work and she's stressed out. And then I don't get home till 1.30 in the morning and I'm tired. Now it's like we kind of have this schedule where we're together and we're like, it's all love. So they say, you know, we're not going to get divorced, which is good. Uh, yeah, no, me and, my, me and my wife, we get we get, we get along great. Yeah, this has honestly been like a, just the two of us, you know, we forced to not hang out with anyone else. And, you know, we'll, we'll just spend every basically every minute together. We'll go for walks together. So. Do you yeah, guys I'm, do like, do you guys do like games or cards or any kind of? No, no, we don't. Yeah. We don't even do that because we actually, yeah, we, we have different like entertainment interests. You know, I'm like a nerd. I watch like play video games and like watch, watch sports and like whatever. And, you know, she'll watch like, this is us. <laughs> and I'll like watch this is us over her shoulder. <laughs> uh, Cause oh, I can't, you know, great. yeah. Cause you can't admit to liking that stuff, but it's actually very oh, well dude. written. And uh, yeah. Dude, and that then, is uh, great. Yeah. Dude, well, listen, so we, man, no, but I, we get along, we get along really well, but yeah. Uh, listen, Ronnie, I can't, I could sit and talk to you because you're, you're just the best and you're one of my favorites uh, on and off stage. Uh, just such a, and, and, you know, when I bring people on this show, it's not just people that, you know, it's not just people of being funny is a given. You know, it's like, I'm going to have funny people on and people right. that like, you know, do what I like to do. And, and I respect always, but like also want to have like really good dudes. And that's what you are. Oh, um, thanks, man. It's like, likewise, you've always been super cool to me when I first moved to America. You were, no, <laughs> you, yeah, it's, I really appreciate it. When I was first in the city, I didn't know anyone and uh, been a fan, been following you since the, you know, the birth stuff and super funny you know all around um and I, I i appreciate it and thank you so much for doing this um when you when you do when this is done and you do get back we're definitely gonna hang cigar and, and talk about this is there anything before we get out of here that you can still plug that is still going on i mean as far as no. nothing murky no. i know it's funny somebody asked me yeah. that on a podcast and i go uh, I'm, I'm in sweatpants for the next 70 days there's nothing yeah Nothing to plug, but uh, yeah, other but than check out the special, I, you know, of course. Uh, yeah, check out the special on Netflix. But more importantly, I hope everyone listening is, you know, you guys are, everyone is safe and healthy, and uh, please don't take out uh, your anger on any <laughs> other race of people. Uh, believe me, we all hate this shit as much as anyone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's all. That's all I want to plug. Yeah, <laughs> check out humanity. the special. Asian comedian destroys America. By the way, insane name. Who came up with that name? You? Yeah. So it, it no, this is, this is co the, the beauty of, of collaboration with comics. So I'm sitting outside of the cellar one night and I'm telling the people, cause my, the name, the name of my tour was um, tone issues. That's what I, that's why I called the tour when I was touring it just cause Got it. Yeah, it's, it's a reference to a joke in the thing. And so I'm sitting outside the cellar one day and I'm, t I'm talking to these other comics um, and I, 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 I'm just saying how Netflix wants me to have a more controversial name, like a click clickbaity name, basically. And then one of them suggests uh, comedian destroys heckler, and I'm like, damn, that's really good. And so I actually put I actually put him in the credits because he he gave me that suggestion. It was um oh. ah, damn, oh man, it's killing me right now. The the he's the Indian guy. Ah oh, fuck, oh it's so oh, embarrassing. Wow. Anyway, I put him in the. I, I, I put him in the credits of the special, but 
Oh my yeah, God. You know, what's funny is uh, I was talking to uh, Andrew Schultz about that. Yeah, and yeah. Andrew was like, dude, he's like, Ronnie's, Ronnie's title is just so, because here's the, what's beautiful about that. It's such a, it's like, I got to see this, right? Because it's such an enticing title and it's so, I got to see this and then you deliver and it's funny and it's like, it's dope. So such a, such a great, um, oh, yeah. such a great title and special. And I hope everybody listening to the Versi Effect right now um, checks it out and please check That's out nice. all the Ronnie stuff. He's a killer. Like I said, I saw it firsthand. I've seen it multiple times, but at that big theater was amazing. And um, so, Ronnie, thank you so much. This has been episode uh, TVE 444. It will be out soon. Thank you so much, my brother. I appreciate you being on. I hope you had a good time. Good to see you, man. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Take care, buddy. Be safe. Yeah. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks, Paul.